This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Well, we're certainly celebrating one of the great lives of Australian football today, Julian. And the VFL-AFL is a wonderful Australian game with thousands of men having played the game at this the highest level. Some play and move on, others have more of an impact. And a select few make a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever. And such is the case with today's special guest. I played uh, against this man in the early 70s and I reckon he's fit enough now to continue it on. Can you guess who it is? He amassed 377 senior matches, 333 for Fitzroy and East Perth uh, between 1955 and 1974. Now, he won the 1969 Brownlow medal. Listen to this. We thought Bob Skelton was pretty good. He's a nine-time Fitzroy best and fairest, a member of the AFL team of the century, captain of the Fitzroy team of the century, an AFL Hall of Fame member and was elevated to legend status around about four years ago. He's currently 76 years of age, and as I said, he's probably on a building site somewhere, fit enough to play. You've guessed it. It's Kevin Bulldog Murray. And lovely to have you on the show, Bulldog, and welcome. Thanks very much for the rap, Rick. Lovely to be on the show, pal. Well, don't worry about the rap because you are one of the legends, and I had the uh, great honour of playing against you, and I tell you what... I, uh, I, uh, you took a few inches off me, uh, particularly with your magnificent style of play. The biggest thing is, is that I can probably guess, but where did the name Bulldog come from? Oh, it's, um, mainly your tenacity to get the ball, but um, it, it didn't uh, come from that sort of thing. It was a little, little trick thing I, I done at one particular time and I've never lived it down. All right. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. Tell us about your junior days because your father, actually, he was a pretty fair player for Paran in the VFA in the 30s, and the VFA back in those days was a pretty solid competition, Kevin. Yeah, well, my father uh, and his brother, Phil, played in the 30, 31 and 32, three premierships with Colac, and then Dad come and played with Fitzroy, and halfway through his career, he played 66 games with Fitzroy, but halfway through his career... Uh, Paran offered him a job, a full-time job, looking after the the bowling green and and playing for Paran. And yeah. uh, he played for Paran with his brother Phil, and then uh, Ozzy Porter, a, a millionaire fella that had a big big boot factory in Fitzroy and had many good racehorses. He 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 offered Dad to come back to Fitzroy and give him an extra two quid under the. Under the lap, you know, because <laughs> they're getting they're getting thirty bob a week in those days to yeah. play, you know. Now with the draft, and then of course, uh, you know, through your and my time, uh, you know, later on in the seventies and eighties when we both retired, they had zones and that. Uh, were you zoned to Fitzroy, or was it your father's connection uh, to the Fitzroy Oval that saw you eventually go to? Uh, I think in those days they were called the Gorillas. Yeah, that's right. They were the Gorillas. We. Uh, we actually lived in Collingwood, about 10 minutes from the Collingwood footy ground. And uh, under the father and son rule, we only had to be 50 games in those days. 
and it was my brother Ron and my brother Dan and myself. We all went over to Fitzroy and played with the thirds and seconds, and I played with the seniors, you know. Tell us about the approach. Uh, you're obviously an above-average or a high-average uh, junior footballer, and I've said to a lot of my guests throughout the last two or three years that you, like me, uh, Bulldog, probably saw some kids that you are surprised even today didn't make it to the highest level. But, my goodness, it's a fine line of who makes it and who doesn't, isn't it? Yeah, well, there was a champion playing in, as a kid in Collingwood, uh, Keithy Bromwich. And he played full forward at at, at uh, Collingwood when he was 15, and he was in our group, you know, uh, knockabout kids in in, in Collingwood, and uh, he he excelled himself. And then we finished up getting him to come to play at Fitzroy. But uh, Father Brosnan was my coach at school. Oh and he, wow! He did say at one time, if ever a kid called Tony McAvoy or Kevin Murray wins the Brownlow Medal, I'll have a pot of beer with him. Well, he, that night, that night that I did. I um. Won the Brownlee, come in and out of pies, pouring him a pot of ear out of that Port Melbourne thug. Well, we'll get to that Brownlow very, very shortly. It was a sensational evening in uh, 1969. Uh, I was just a young player at Richmond. Fortunately, you know, played in a premiership there. Uh, let's now just uh, talk uh, briefly about the importance of the under-19s, the reserves, and the reserves, rather, as a stepping stone to the seniors, because I now notice that a lot of the clubs, you know, Collingwood was one of the first, like Richmond now, they're going back to a reserve side called, you know, Richmond and Collingwood. But back then it was just a normal progression. If you were a kid and you went to one of these clubs in the VFL, you went into the under-19s with great coaches. You know, there was a bloke called uh, uh, Wright who coached Fitzroy, I think, who, who uh, at the same time as Slug Jordan, was responsible for getting some household names into the seniors. It was a most important stepping stone, Kevin. Yeah, I um, I, I know that because I, when I was 13, uh, Lynn Smith, who was coach of the Fitzroy Thirds, he let me train there. I never had a chance of getting in the game, but I learned a lot under him. Till when I was, uh, by the time I was 15, I finished up getting a game in the thirds. But there's a funny thing about um, the the football. Uh, the third 18, uh, bridge, they were under 19s, as you, you you know yourself. But often the football clubs, 12 clubs in Melbourne, would go to the country to pick up a young kid, a farmer's kid, because. That farmer's kid at 15 or 16 would be, be playing in the seniors against men, whereas the under-19s were just playing against people your own age. And uh, But that's completely changed since those days. Yeah. We're talking to Kevin Bulldog Murray, a living legend of the game, a legend of the VFL AFL, and 377 senior matches in this great continent of ours, the 1969 Brownlow medalist, and listen to this, nine-time Fitzroy best and fairest. Tell us about the early years when you broke into the side at Fitzroy. They were playing out at Johnson Street. Uh, were, were they back then a struggling side like we saw them late before they disbanded and went to Brisbane? Yes, we were. We, we were a struggling side. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Bill Stephen was, uh, in my first year when I was uh, uh, 16 in 1955, he was a uh, playing coach and he, he coached us for three years and then Len Smith took over and he got us into the uh, into the first semi-final in his first year, we we actually played North Melbourne in the opening game of that season in '58, and we finished up beating them by about nearly 20 goals. Wow! And as it turned out, they played us in the first semi-final, and they beat us. So uh, they they improved during the course of the year. But but Len was a great teacher, as the Richmond people know themselves too, because 
along with Tommy Hafey, was instrumental in bringing Richmond a lot of success. And um, talking about Richmond, one of our great mates, Bull Richardson, I oh, see yeah. where Jerry's passed away. I played on Bull a lot, and he was as tough as nails, hard as hard as anything, and uh, a great bloke. And we used to have some mighty times afterwards. I remember one time, Rex down at Richmond, um, uh, they broke my nose, and we had a few beers with the Richmond players, a few beers with the trainers, and then we finished up in the committee room with the Dr. Grogan, and he... Um, <laughs> He, uh, after a few whiskies, he was stand- he was trying to straighten me broken nose with his thumbs. Go on, I bet you. If you're after a few, a few whiskies, no doubt about that. Let's get back to Len Smith. Uh, a lot of younger people listening wouldn't know, would recognise the name Smith, but wouldn't know that it was Norm Smith's uh, brother who crossed from Fitzroy to Richmond, became ill, and uh, Skinny Titus took over, and then that's when they went and got uh, Hafey. Uh, can you remember the introduction of the flick pass? Uh, I can remember on black and white television seeing. Ted Whitten do it, you know what I mean? And then he tried it a, a while and it was a dead set throw. Can you remember when the... Uh, was Len Smith responsible for introducing the flick pass? It was a it was a hand pass. It wasn't a hand pass. It was an open-ended pass off the front of the hand. Yeah, well, Len was instrumental in doing it and then Teddy Teddy followed Patton and uh, uh, we, we had a lot of blokes who were very good at it. Uh, Owen Abrahams, Wally Clark, Kevin Wright... Those blokes were uh, mighty at using the flick pass, and it was instrumental in the way Len got us to play our game with a run-on game and always give the ball to uh, a player in a better position than you with a handball, you know. And uh, But you naturally had to follow it up in case he fumbled it or you, you mucked up the handball. But uh, he, uh, he, he, he himself uh, had so many rules how to play football then, and a lot, a lot of the people... As, as time went on, copied some of his rules. I've still got all of his of his teachings on yeah. on, on plywood and that that I had printed out. But uh, Barras used them. Kevin Sheedy's used them. Tommy Hafey used them. Alan Jeans used them. Many yeah. many of them used Lynn Smith stuff. You know. I, I can remember Kevin Murray that uh, uh, Tom Hafey uh, before the uh, '67. Uh, uh, final series when I was playing in the under-19s and, you know, Royce Hart was playing uh, in the seniors, that sort of thing, handed out a, uh, oh, it was a Ronio, I think they call it, a copy of a Len Smith article on confidence that, you know, football is 90% above the head. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic article because I could pick the days when I was sitting in the shed that I was going to have an absolute cracker. But with a star like you, mate, you had a cracker every day. No, not really. We, we had you had your good days and bad days, you know. But uh, I always remember um, the great Norm Johnston when I first started playing at Fitzroy, and uh, we were kids, and uh, you got a game in the seniors, and Norm would say, uh, and Norm would say to you, "Now listen, you young kids, I want you to go inside there and have your nervous shit before you get out on the ground." <laughs> Goodness, Grace, as long as you didn't do it on the ground. Kevin, that's, what he, that's, that's what he meant. He said, uh, yeah, we're, out, we're out there to play football. He said, so let's get in there. And, and But he said, listen, if someone whacks it during the course of the game, you make sure you whack them back before the end of the game. Well, don't, go, 
don't go king hitting anybody. Just have a look down the ground where the goal umpire's looking and where the boundary umpire's looking and just give it all. Of course, early in those days, uh, you know, no television. And then when television eventually came, it was only the ABC with one camera. And I tell you what, it's probably good that they didn't see everything going on. Uh, before we take a break, and Kevin Murray joins us as uh, he was appointed captain coach of Fitzroy in 1963 and 64, one of the last bastions of captain coaching in the VFL. And then he headed across the Nullarbor. Uh, you've got 24 big V Guernseys at home. That's more than enough to, uh, you know, outfit a team. But it was a great honour rally back then to represent the big V at the highest level. Yeah, oh, yeah it was a fantastic thing. As a matter of fact, when I first got in the team at 18, I went to the MCG to train. I, I didn't even feel like going in to train with all those champions yeah. uh, who were legends. Yeah. But when I went, went in the room, EJ was at the door. And he just grabbed your hand, shook your hand, introduced you around everybody, the trainers. Then I went out in the ground to train with them, and you found that they fumbled the ball too. They must kick the ball, so they were no different than you. Exactly. Kevin Murray joins us, and why don't you join us after the break, uh, Bulldog Murray. What a fantastic player on the field and a lovely, lovely man off the field. And I can remember after the break that I might even mention to the Bulldog, you know, that he came straight off a building site to training in those days. You know, I was a copper for a while, and Barry Richardson was a physiotherapist. Uh, Tony Jewell and Roger Dean were plumbers. They all had jobs, but today they sit around in the classroom. And out of the break, we continue with the wonderful football life celebration of Kevin Bulldog Murray. And folks, a great performer has presence on stage. They work hard at engaging audiences, and even after the curtains fall, they leave a lasting impression. These qualities make them stand out from the rest. Tobin Brothers Funerals is a perfect example. After 80 years, they continue to shine. They believe funerals can be a celebration of life, and always strive to be innovative and contemporary. These distinguishing qualities make Tobin Brothers Funerals the true performers they are today. So realize, take your break and commitments and join me after the break as the story, the great football story of Kevin Murray continues. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Well, Julian, Kevin, Bulldog, Murray and I could just talk for hours here and take over every program in Australia, but we have to get on with it. We found out that this young man went to Fitzroy and became a household name, represented Victoria 24 times, won the Brownlow medal in 1969. But let's, before he won the Brownlow, Kevin, talk about the fact that you were appointed as a very, very young man for a couple of years as captain coach of Fitzroy. Were there any other captain coaches in the league at that stage? Might have been Graham Arthur. Graham Arthur at Hawthorne. Could have been Graham Arthur. Yeah. But, um, what, what, what happened there, Rex, was that uh, we lost a um, player. Uh, uh, we lost eight players that played a thousand games between them. Oh and, wow! And, and Len Smith had had a heart attack and uh, retired. And I I, uh, I applied for the job. No one wanted the job, so I got the job. But uh, the, the thing was that um, I was naturally inexperienced as a coach. And um, in the two years I coached him, we never won a game under me. I the only game we won in 1963, I was playing for Victoria against South Australia. And Wally Clark took over for the day, and he he got them up to beat. Geelong, we will finish up winning the premiership that yeah, year. Yeah, so, wow. 
for those two years as a coach, um, when I went to East Perth, it um, it helped me a lot because I'd I'd learned a little bit about it. And I come back I come back to Melbourne after a couple of years uh, and. Um, was a better footballer and, and learned more about footy. Yeah, it, East Perth was part of the Western Australian Football League across the Nullarbor in metropolitan Perth. Uh, how did the uh, how did the approach come from East Perth when you were the current captain coach of Fitzroy? How did they approach you? When did you find out about the offer? Well, I, they were a great club like Collingwood over there and they'd been always up the top and it was Polly Farmer's club, you know. Yeah. And, uh, at any rate, I, um, I, I'd been captain of Victoria and they, they approached me because their great football and coach and gra- one of the great legends of WA football, Jack Sheedy, had been their coach for about yeah. nine years. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, he, he, he was involved in hotels later on in his life and was pretty busy and they just they, they just wanted to change. So yeah. um, they, they appointed me for three, three years, you know. Yeah. And now, go on. Yeah, they appointed me as playing coach for three years, you know. Yeah, fantastic. Now, how did it feel like, you know, naturally enough, you were just one of the first selected uh, for the interstate games, but pulling on the Sandgroper uh, Guernsey as a born and bred Victorian. How did that feel, Bulldog? Oh, it was a wonderful thrill, really, because uh, as as you know, West Australian people are lovely people, but they, they have a thing about Victorians. They, they reckon the smarties from the East coming over to rob them. <laughs> so so um, you had to prove to them you were there to be of some value and, and some of help to their football. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I was appointed captain and coach of their state team in, at the Carnival in Hobart in 66. So that was a wonderful school too. Now, let's just talk uh, briefly personally, and, and you might be a bit uncomfortable with this, but you are unashamedly the 1969 Brownlow medalist. You wear the medal around your neck, and it obviously means so much to you, Kevin Murray. Yeah, it does, Rex. I mean, um, the thing about it is that I don't wear it to skite about it, but I share it with people because um, it was the supporters and my teammates that uh, helped me win the thing, and I'd, uh, I'd, I'd run... Second, once to Johnny Schultz, I ran equal second, well as to Lord. Yeah. And then and in my 14th year, I ran third to Bobby Skilton, and then in my 15th year, I won it. So yeah. it, it means a lot to me, you know. And not only that, uh, you just give I, I sort of got approached in the street by a father with their son or daughter, want to get a photo taken. So I put it around the kids' neck so I was at that. Uh, They've got something to remember you by when I'm pushing up daisies. <laughs> and they'll be fantastic daisies and they'll bloom like the morning sun. Kevin Murray is our AFL legend today on This Is Your Football Life for Tobin Brothers, who are celebrating lies. If you're just back from the moon, I'm Rex Hunt. Now, 1970, I remember with not a great deal of fondness, Bulldog, because I was a member of the 1969 Premiership side at Richmond in round one, 1970, before the Royal Family, uh, we played Fitzroy. And uh, you were bottom dwellers and you knocked us off that day. Yes, it was probably the best match I've ever been involved in because of the the atmosphere about it. It was the only Sunday game ever. Mm. And and Richmond were the Premiers from the year before. And, uh, you know... And we'd gone across to play Glenelg in a second-last practice game, and they, they beat us, broke, broke one of our blokes' arms and whatever, and they wanted to kill kill the Vicks. I, I wasn't playing. I was sitting in the stand, and Neil Curley was their coach. I, I'd hurt me back, and I didn't play in that practice game. Then next week, Richmond went over, and they thrashed Glenelg, 
and just completely thrust them in a practice game. So obviously the Richmond players psychologically would have thought, well, look, we've thrashed Flash Glenelg and Glenelg thrashed Fitzroy. So psychologically we, we we should win this easy. But as you know in footy, as the game progressed, we, we just oh. took control and, and, uh, and went all our way. It's a great thing, confidence, and particularly in a group because when the stars start playing and your, your leadership group come through, it's just an amazing thing that's, that stood the test of time. Uh, let's talk about before you retired at age 36, which is an amazing effort to play for that long at the highest level in two states. Uh, in those days when you played and I had a little bit of hair on top of my cranium, everyone had a day job. Uh, I think Doc Rowett, he was, uh, he was a doctor at uh, Royal Melbourne or something, played in a uh, Melbourne premiership side. Tony Jewell and Roger Dean were plumbers. I was a copper and so was Greg Park and, uh, and Grinter and a couple of the other blokes like that. There was labourers, there was solicitors. It was just, uh, just an accepted thing that you came off work and you went straight to training under lights, Bulldog. Yeah, well, I, I was a scaffolder, which uh, was a great help to me once I got used to the game because it, it made you so strong in your body and your arms with, you know, sometimes, Rex, we'd, uh, we'd do a, uh, we'd put a, a start a job and, and then you might have got it up to about 30 foot high and then the next morning you started working, you'd done chin-ups to your working deck and then smoke you lowered yourself down with your arms and this went on, <laughs> this went on all day. And, uh, you know, over a period of 12 months, I got used to it and it just made you harder and stronger. And when, when you tackle people, you really hurt them. And talking about hurt, I'm not talking about physical now, but psychologically, there's a couple of South Melbourne players that I know, and I'm sure Gary Bryce wouldn't mind, that it's taken so many years for Gary and a couple of other South Melbourne supporters and ex-players to accept the fact that Sydney are now based at Harborside. Did you have any of the same thoughts when Fitzroy disbanded and moved to the Sunshine State? Well, naturally, you hated to see Fitzroy go away from Brunswick Street and the Junction Oval. But the thing was that we lost so many players and we we got kicked out of the Junction and from then we, we never had a home. And as time went on, you know, the, the likes of Paul Ruse and, and then and Gary Pert and, you know, a lot of players sort of had on away uh, from our club and we, we struggled badly and, and we wouldn't have survived. There's no doubt about that. So I helped push to go to the Brisbane Lions because yeah. I thought that's where our future was. And, you know, some of the Fitzroy supporters that didn't follow that pattern uh, missed out badly because um, uh, we, we, we watched some of those champions, the Vosses, the Jonathan Browns, the Simon Blacks. Alistair Lynch as well, yeah, Alistair ex-Fitzroy. Lynch, yeah. Alistair Lynch, yeah. Uh, Chrissy, Chrissy Johnson yeah. and um, Nigel Lappin, you know, magnificent footballers, and uh, they've done so much for for us supporters of Fitzroy to see see them win premierships. Yeah, and before I wind this up, Kevin Murray is our special guest for Tobin Brothers, celebrating the life of an absolute league football legend. And the Brisbane Lions, to their credit, but also pushing from people like yourself and other Fitzroy dignitaries, they have embraced the history of the Fitzroy Football Club in the Brisbane Lions administration. Yes, they have, Rex. And we've got, um, at Etihad Stadium, we've got our, our, our museum there. It's a magnificent museum. Etihad Stadium had no history, as you know. Yeah. But but Ian Collins was allowed our, our historic society to to build um, nice um, 
cabinets and display our gear, and it's yeah. just magnificent to see a lot of the history of Fitzroy and the Brisbane Lions on display there. Okay, uh, before we let you go, and we do thank you for your time, and uh, I just hope you feel warm because uh, only the very, very, very best get on this show, and I just said, look, got to get the bulldog on. Our best players played with and against, uh, particularly with the big V. Yeah, well, actually, uh, the best players in my time at Fitzroy, when, at, um, in the VFL in those days was EJ and Bobby Skilton. They were the two best in my time. And even though I played on the great EJ, yeah. uh, I, I, the hardest job I ever had was to play on Daryl Baldock. He, wow. He, he was... Um, I'd have sleepless Friday nights wearing what you're going to do yeah. to, to combat him. And I remember one day down the junction when St Kilda played at the junction, I played on him and uh, the, the crowd clapped us off the ground. And in the Sporting Globe on the Saturday night, he got three votes and I got two. So Isn't that wonderful? It, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Look, it's just been so lovely to catch up with you uh, and uh, hear you in your 77th year as bright and as sparky. I'm sure you'll ache a bit like the rest of us. But those memories will be indelibly recorded in the game forever. And those people out there in my age group will just feel warm at the great memories of the famous Fitzroy tattooed man coming through. He mightn't have been big in stature, but goodness me, I can tell you from experience, you stood up when the Bulldog played on you. So thank you very much for your time, Bulldog, and peace and happiness for your life, my friend. Thank you, Rexy. It's lovely to be on your show, and all the best for the rest of your life, pal. I mean, uh, treasured memories of our days. Kevin Bulldog Murray, a legend of the game, a legend of life. And if you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. This has been This Is Your Football Life, celebrating the footy life of Kevin Murray. Thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives.